0: The real lessons are learned from failure. We follow this theme leading into episode six of this podcast, where we interview successful, wonderful entrepreneurs from around the world weekly on the worst deal they've ever been a part of. Welcome to the Worst Deal Ever podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vicki Virtual Receptionist. We make you look good on the phone. We are also sponsored by Kara Virtual Assistance. You need stuff done, let Kara help. For more information about Vicky Virtual and Kara, please visit the link provided on our website at theworthdealpodcast.com. For our sixth episode, we sit down with Miha Metlievsky, the owner of a energy startup which is now worth $7.5 million and counting. Prior to this amazing success, Mihad dropped out of high school. He worked with his dad for a company in the energy space and did pretty well with them until his dad suddenly and abruptly passed away when Miha was just 24 years old. Miha was forced to take over the reins of his business. He brought over a few partners to help out. Eventually, he expanded into other markets, construction, other energy-related companies. Fortunately, Miha got a little too big for his britches and really ended up firing down into some huge failure with $3.5 million in debt at one point. I don't even know how I could come back from that. But eventually, Miha turned his failures into simplicity, got back to the basics, and now is a tremendous success and works as a failure coach, teaching other entrepreneurs to embrace failure and use that as fuel for success. Thank you for being here, Miha. Great to have you. Thank you, Donald. And it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So, you know, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about your current project
1: and uh, what you've got going on. Well, as you mentioned, one is the startup that I started, and I'm a co-owner of that startup. We are in the energy field, so we are doing energy efficiency, which means we help big companies save on energy costs. And not just save, but also reduce how much energy they use. So this is doing quite well. I started the startup in 2014. And yeah, as you said, right now it's valued at around 7.5 million, well, not US dollars, but euros because it's in Europe. Yeah, which is roughly, I would say, about 8, something like that, million US dollars. The other thing, which is a huge passion of mine, is Fail Coach, which is a company registered in USA and through which I do coaching and I'm also planning to do some courses and things like that. But mostly so far, I was doing offline work for people that were or are where I was and are trying to get back on the horse, bounce back from burnout, from massive failure and you know, just guiding them to quickly. And more easily achieve new success happiness, find passion, and things like that. So that's basically my main passion. And I try also to create a movement around failure and how we view failure. And I'm doing that through a website, which was just registered, which is Mm failuresanonymous.com. And I'm actually starting doing written interviews with people who are not afraid to share their fail story non-anonymously. But there is also a confession booth there on the page. And Everybody can use that and just anonymously, you know, just vent it out because I know how much better I felt when I started venting it out just for myself. So I know it can start the healing process.
0: I have to fully agree there. You know, the big thing is failure is, is one of the things that isn't really talked about as much as it really should be an entrepreneur community. And it's really that's the point of this podcast, right? You know, most podcasts are really focused on highlighting success. And case study for success, and I think that's incredibly important, but the reality is that people that are still scared to get in and thinking all of these entrepreneurs are invisible or maybe struggling entrepreneurs thinking other entrepreneurs are invisible, I think it's nice to see the stories of people like them or that they want
1: to be like that if failure. Well, to be brutally honest with you, I see that people view failure and success as something opposite, which in my view is completely untrue because failure eventually leads to success. And I think it's just, you know, two sides of the same coin and you can't have one without the other. I don't know a single person in this world that would only be success, success, success without any failures. I mean, I love to listen to success stories as well. You know, you have people like Elon Musk, for example. I mean, he's a huge success and a huge motivation and inspiration. But because he has come so far, it's really hard for us to, you know, even imagine that one day we can be the next Elon Musk. But I'm sure that if he would tell all the stories connected with all the failures he had, then I'm sure a lot of people would say, wow, He was that stupid. He did that thing. I would (laughs) never do that. And they would maybe end up saying, well, I can be even better than Elon Musk. So I think it's, Failures that you know are so important because we can learn so much from them. I mean, failure is the only way how you learn and grow. And I think the biggest failure you can do is not doing anything because you fear failure. Because then, in my opinion, you failed on life, right? Yeah, because you know, uh, just to add to here, like when do you fail, Donald? So you don't fail when you do something for the 10th time or the 100th time. I guess, or not often. You usually fail when you do something for the first time. And Mm -hmm. uh, that means that you're pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. You're doing something new. You are growing and that's why you fail. And uh, fearing failure is, well, you just would stop doing anything. Well, yeah,
0: so that's awesome. You know, again, we're already talking a a good amount about failure here. But let's hear a bit about your story. Obviously, your story is something that in terms of the numbers, a bit mind boggling to me. You know, I personally haven't experienced anything on that scale. And you know, I think it can be sort of a, a universal thing. But I'm really interested to hear, you know, what went wrong for you the first time
1: around? I'm really glad that you asked in this way. And many people, when I first tell my story, they focus on the numbers, but the numbers behind it are just irrelevant. Those were my numbers. But in my line of work, I've met with, you know, young people because I do a lot of coaching for pre-startup and startup people. So that have same emotions going through them and same things happening to them emotionally and, you know, like depression-wise, anxiety-wise, you know, having like minus 1,000 US on their bank account. So the number behind it is really not so important because I was at that point living with the mindset of having a few million euros. So losing a few million was Probably the same as to somebody who would be used to having like, you know, like 50, 60, 70k paycheck and then losing 50,000 or something like that. So, but yeah, I'll try to be not too long on the story because it can take us quite a while. But yeah, the whole thing started when I dropped out of high school. I went to work for my father's company and basically I was what I call son by occupation. My father uh-huh. loved me loved me a lot and you know he would just you know pamper me and everybody was doing everything but what I was really good at was in sales and connecting with people networking kind of had this emotional intelligence born into me or something like that so I was really good in that area mm-hmm. but I never learned about you know finances leading people employing people you know skills that you need if you want to run a company company if you want to be the CEO. When I was 24, he suddenly passed away from cancer. I mean, it was like a 3 week story from when he found out until he was already buried. I had to take over the company because I was the only child and yeah, you can imagine how it can be. I had the perfect childhood. I never learned much I was always just enjoying, having fun. I was not used to, you know, like waking up to an alarm clock. I mean, that's something I still have problems with. Uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, nothing that would prepare me for the life out there. And yeah, soon enough problems started coming in, but I was lucky enough and found people who were interested to join me in the company. They saw something in me, in my skills of negotiation, sales and so on. And yeah, they were covering finances, leadership, all those roles that I was not good at. Right. And after a few years, I was doing really great. I was making like year over year more doubling Income of the company, in that young age, I was quickly starting to fly high, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking that I know it all, I'm the best, I'm the greatest. I was not humble and I was not grateful. And I think those two things are what my downfall was not being humble and not being grateful. So naturally, because I had a lot of time, I had a lot of resources, Mm -hmm. and I thought that I'm the best at everything, I started creating new companies. I was always full of ideas. And so I created one, two, three companies. So altogether, I was in four companies, owner of four companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, three of them were in the energy field, different parts of energy field, and one was in construction. And in 2009, because in Europe, it came a little bit uh, later than in USA, when the financial crisis came, things started to shake. And why? Because I had no knowledge. I didn't seek out the right people. I just naturally thought that, yeah, well, I know it all. I can manage this. I can handle this. And unfortunately, I was not able to handle it.
0: So did it mostly affect you on the construction side?
1: Yeah, that's where it started, but you know when I went into all these businesses, I went with full heart, you know? I went like, "Ooh, I'm going to do great things." So, I was never thinking about it when the bank says, "Ooh, we need collateral, we need this, we need that." So, all my companies were kind of interconnected, and when the first started going down, they all it, it was kind of like a domino effect. They oh, they all man. went down. Yeah. So, wow. all this happened in just 2 weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. So at the beginning of December of 2009, my personal wealth personal wealth, was estimated at 12.5 million euros, roughly, let's say 13, 13 and a half million US. Mm-hmm. And 14 days later, I was in debt 3.6 million euros, roughly 4 million US. So I lost almost 16 million euros in just two weeks. Well, first of all,
0: Emotionally I, I wouldn't be able to understand that at all. But you know, you say it sort of viral of collateral what like were there a lot of debt that piled up and you just weren't paying that much attention because you're like, oh man, this is no big deal. I can do anything.
1: No, it was actually that you know, in the construction project I was investing heavily. So I was investing my money and bank's money, and then bank took everything and I lost all my money and I was even owing banks and creditors. So that was minus 3.6. So that I I lost everything and was still owing 3.6 million euros.
0: Okay. So now I get it. So essentially what happened was, you know, you had a bank gave you a a big loan yeah, um, and for some reason the loan defaulted. And once the loan defaulted, the bank just said, okay, we're going to take your collateral.
1: Yeah, well, you know, prices of real estate just uh, went down, and the whole project was intended to sell at certain price. And in one moment, the price f- fell so low that it was no longer sellable. And then wow. the bank said, "Whoa, no more money for you. Either finish it or you're on your own, but repay money first, or we're just gonna bankrupt you." So yeah, that's when everything happened. And because wow. 3.6 million euros were not something only my companies were owing. It was because of the collateral, also my personal debt. And because of some other laws here in Europe, I was not able to declare personal bankruptcy. I had to repay the whole thing. I mean, in Europe, at least in Slovenia, it was like, if you were borrowing large sums of money, and if your company went into bankruptcy, then you can do personal bankruptcy, but we will not, you know, clear your debts. So it would be pointless for me to do personal bankruptcy, because I wouldn't achieve the one thing that personal bankruptcy would do good for me, which was at least to be at zero and not at minus 3.6.
0: Right. So in the US, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit different. Like, you know, for instance, Donald Trump, he did business bankruptcy six times, but his personal wealth, I don't believe, was very affected by it.
1: Yeah, I know, I know, I know. That, that, that are some differences, but yeah, I had to do it the hard way. So I had to eventually repay the whole thing. And wow. I'm actually still repaying a little bit of that, but it's really a little. So I think this year or next year, I will be done with it. But if you can imagine, it's already, what, nine years, almost nine years since then, and I'm still repaying what were really, really stupid decisions. Wow. And And then when all this happened, first thing, none of your friends starts answering your phone and you see that they were not really so much your friends. And then every morning you wake up to calls from debtors. And, you know, when that goes into spiral, I went into huge depression, although I know now that I was in depression. At that time, I had no idea that what I was experiencing was depression. You know, like permanent anxiety attacks, permanent, 24-7. I was shaking. I was unable to go for a coffee with somebody because my head was just full of everything. And when I was at home, I felt just completely lonely and alone. And I wanted to go out. But when I was out, I wanted to go home because I was not feeling okay being around anybody. So these are really hard mixed. Things that are going in your head, and at some point, I was very close to committing suicide as well. And when I was actually—I mean, I remember this moment like it was just a few minutes ago—and I always get the chills when I when I come to this moment. I was in my apartment, which was not taken at that point yet; it was in the process of being taken. I was on the fifth floor, and I was on the balcony smoking a cigarette looking down and i was i was ready to jump because you know the pain of doing that seemed easier than pain of waking up every day, pain of not falling asleep at night because night was the only time when there was some peace. And I didn't want to go to sleep because then morning will come too early. And I tried to right. prolong that as long as possible. So I would you know, just fall asleep, I don't know, 4, 5, 6 a.m. when I would just naturally uh, doze off, but it was just too much, too much pain. And, and, and that seemed like the easy way out. Then, it was at that moment when I found my first why. And that why was my mom. So my father was already dead. I was the only son. So she was the only living relative. My grandparents were already dead as well. And she was retired. And she had to co-sign that agreement with the bank as well. And I thought, oh my God, what will she do? Um, wow. They will kick her out of the house. They, She will be homeless. She has no skills in entrepreneurship. I mean, even if she goes get a, and gets a job, you can't repay that much money with just having a job. Right. And at that point, it was first time that I said to myself, Miha, you fucking failed. I'm sorry. I I hope it's not inappropriate to use that word, but I can't say it any differently because those were the exact words that I said to myself. You failed. And then the next thought was, well, just learn something from all the mistakes that you did. And I mean, in all honesty, you're still young. Go Mm -hmm. out there, do it. If you did it once, you can do it again. And if you don't make the same mistakes, you can do it even better. So how old were you when this happened? Well, that was in 2010. Now I'll be 40. So that's eight years. Yeah, 32. Yeah. Wow. So that was in 2010. And and at that point, the whole transition started for me. Working on my personal development, personal growth, learning new skills, figuring out who I am, what I want, what are my values, what are my priorities, what are my goals and dreams. And I found out that I'm not the person who was living my life just a few years ago. I'm not that person. And to be brutally honest with you, Donald, if I would have, have a chance right now to just go on a beer or a coffee with Micha from 2007... We would probably not have much to talk about. I never loved that person. I was wearing masks constantly. I was, you know, just doing what usually people do, trying to, you know, be loved by people, to work with people, things like that. I was never true to myself. I I was never going for things that matter most. I was influenced by my friends, so-called friends, by media, what I need. I need a new car. I need a bigger house. I need this. I need that. And then this whole transformation kicked in. And today I'm a completely different person. I mean, I had to change 180 degrees. You know how they say, doing same things and expecting different results is a sign of being crazy. And when you go so deep, when you go through that burnout and failure The only way, if you ever want to bounce back, truly bounce back, is to learn from those mistakes, work on yourself, and you just have to become a different person. Because that person that I was would just go back into those bankruptcies over and over and over with that mindset, with that way of thinking, with that attitude. And those were all the things that I needed to change.
0: Right. I think it's really interesting, you know, you're at a real pivotal moment like sort of a fork in the road moment in your life. And, you know, I guess my question here is when you said I failed, right? Was it so strong that it hit you so hard that you said it out
1: loud? Well, I was born and raised in Europe. And in Europe people view failure as something unacceptable and since young age you are taught that failure is not an option if you fail you're a loser you are you have to be ashamed of that you don't speak about it you don't tell things like that to anybody you just have to pretend that everything is okay even if you're falling apart and that was the first time i openly admitted to myself and said that's it i'm not anything else i'm failure i'm just failure i failed i failed completely you know a huge burden fell off my chest when I did that. Wow. Because, you know, in the next sentence, I started saying, like, just learn from it. And and then it felt like, oh, well, it doesn't have to be so awful, I guess. I can just learn from the past and not do the same mistakes and do things differently, do them better. Wow. It's just so powerful. I mean, it's, I can't,
0: it sort of blows my mind, the, the power of acknowledging a situation, Right you know, you're raised a certain way, you're in a certain culture. And that culture, I'm sure on the guy side too, it can be a bit macho. I can do anything. And if I can't do anything, then I'm not worth anything. But simply saying, hey, listen, I failed. And that burden being lifted off is sort of, it's almost giving yourself permission to say, yes, I actually truly did
1: fail. It happened. Until that moment, there was so much hatred and resentment in me towards myself and people that I worked with, my ex-co-workers, my business partners, suppliers, customers, you name it, my so-called friends and so on and so on. And in that moment, it was like a moment of epiphany. I, I don't know how else to explain it. It all made sense. It was like, wow i honestly needed this lesson because i was going the wrong way i mean if i wouldn't fail at that moment i would eventually fail probably with even bigger numbers and who knows if i would be able to get out of that right so what were some of the steps you took that helped you you know bounce back Well, the first one was discovering your why. And I'm a huge believer in strong emotional why. Because most of the things that we want to change or are our goals or our dreams, they're all emotional. Even if people want to think that they're logical, we are No, we are emotional beings and everything is attached to emotions. So Mm -hmm. it's like taking out fire with fire. So if you want to take out that fire of something you want to change or something you really want to achieve, you need bigger emotions and everything to to really counter when the time gets tough. You know what I'm trying to say? So basically, it seems like you're
0: saying... Your overall purpose had to be so important and strong that the little thing that or maybe the big thing that happened during your journey need to be not as important or throw you off your game because your purpose is so important to you.
1: Yeah, something like that, yeah. So first thing was huge, huge, huge why. And then I developed many other whys for different parts of my life, you know, so like whys that I have for health, for fitness, for, well, all different aspects of life. But yeah, that was one big why that got me to start doing the steps. And then the second thing is you have to do the steps. No matter how much you read, no matter how much you talk about it, no matter how much TED Talks or YouTube videos, videos or whatever you watch, you need to do steps and they need to be a little at the beginning so that you get the momentum. I always say it's like, you know, train starting from the station. It takes him a while to, you know, really get started. But once that train hits 200, 300 miles, well, nothing will stop it. So you need to gather that momentum. I don't believe in that philosophy of, you know, eat a live frog in the morning and nothing worse can happen to you. Yeah, this is okay once you are out of that depression and anxiety and all that. But when you're so deep down there, when everything inside you and outside of you is just complete darkness. You are not able to do big steps because you don't believe in anything. You, do, you don't even let yourself dream or have goals because you honestly don't know if you'll be alive tomorrow. How can I dream about something that I can achieve in a year if I don't know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow? Right. So you have to do these little steps. And then a huge technique that helped me was mindfulness. So just being present, being mindful, not in a mindful meditation way, although I do a little bit of that as well, but just, you know, like being present throughout the day. And I achieved that so simply. I just created like 12, 14 different reminders in my iPhone that would just go off at starting from 7 a.m. until, I don't know, 9 p.m. every half an hour, and the message was just be mindful and it reminded me daily every half an hour and eventually i started being really mindful and when you're mindful i was able to not let emotions influence my decisions but i was able you know to step back and say who oh, does this look something like i was already doing in the past mm. and and led to stupid mistakes yeah this looks exactly like that i'm not <laughs> But yeah, you just have to be mindful, going throughout the day, being mindful. And yeah, stay humble, stay humble, stay humble. No matter what you do, no matter how successful you are, stay, stay humble. Never, never underestimate situation. Never never think that another bubble can't come, another credit crisis can come, that there is somebody who's not better than you. Somebody else can come like a competitor or something like that. Never stay humble and be grateful. (laughs) For what you have, because Miha, before that failure, before that crash, was never happy and grateful with what with what he had. He was always just striving for more, striving for more. Like you know, oh, when I buy this car, then I will be really happy. And you know what? I bought it, didn't it made me happy maybe for the day, and then I was already looking at another car. Right, right, and just. You know, be grateful and enjoy. And and, uh, one lesson that I learned is just be yourself. I mean, there is like 8 billion people out there, around 8 billion people. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody can find a tribe. Why would I try to be someone that I'm not just to please people around me when, you know, like the whole world is out there. I can just travel and find people that like me for who I really am. Right. And I don't I don't care anymore if if people like me or not. I mean, it's it's everybody's choice. I don't like every people. I don't right. like everybody. I <laughs> hang out with the ones that I like and and so should they. So why would I pretend, why would I put masks on and then be unhappy inside and frustrated and, you know, no, I'm just going to be whoever I am. And if you like it, great. If you don't like it, great as well. At least we figured it out so we can go our separate ways and not waste each other's time. Right. So to summarize, the
0: main points that you mentioned here in terms of helping yourself bounce back is, one, having a purpose, having a big why. Have your overall why and also your different whys and purposes and other, I guess, all aspects of your life. And then you can use that to to get the train, get you going. And when you get going, don't worry about being Gary Vaynerchuk (laughs) the day you get started, right? Uh, Just take baby steps. If you're depressed, it is true. If you're feeling uh, overwhelmed, it's really hard to say, okay, I'm going to work 10 hours today. But if you do something and you take baby steps, eventually that can turn into more. So I love that. And then the third step, which I really like is being mindful. I think it is important, I agree with you, to make sure that you know, you take a step back while you go about your day so that you're not just going through the motions and doing things that could possibly be a mistake. And I really love that tip of just <laughs> being Ultra simple and just putting an alarm on your phone. I love that. Being grateful and humble. That's especially important. I'm sure it's something that you had to learn given your upbringing. And there's a lot of people out there that, especially if they have early success, they're really vulnerable to failure because they're not humble. And then finally, being yourself. And that's really important. I think that if even if your purpose is for something that's not really you, then it's the wrong purpose. So I, I really appreciate
1: those points. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's the message that I want to spread with, with people. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, some failure will always occur. So one thing is how you view that failure. Do you embrace it? Or do you fear it? But there are also many failure prevention techniques, you know, if you want to call them that way. So, mm-hmm. like I said at the beginning, you fail when you do something new. But you know, in today's world, you can always go to Uncle Google and you know ask a question. You can find a coach, a mentor, a freelancer who is good at something that you are not. Ask around. Ask for help. But I mean, you will never be able to completely remove failure. So you can definitely do a lot on failure prevention techniques and just accept that every now and then you're going to fail and there's really nothing wrong with it. Once when I was on the stage at a university in Portugal, this Mm. idea hit me. Why do we say you learn how to walk, you learn how to ride a bicycle, you learn how to drive a car? And what basically is that learning? So you will, I don't know, hop on a bike, fall off, few times, and there are prevention techniques like those sight uh, little bicycles but yeah you 're going to fall you 're going to get some bruises, but eventually you 're going to get it. But when we come to especially relationships and business, why don 't we just say learn I mean yeah, I went through four failed companies, I learned massive amount of information, and when I did it for the fifth time, I did it right and i 'm right. not saying that i can 't do something stupid tomorrow and again fail at everything. But now I know much better. Now, because of that mindfulness, I can see when things are not going in the right direction and I can react to whatever's happening so much sooner. Go out, search for help. I mean, I'm not any more overconfident. Uh, I don't have problems asking, searching for help when I know that there's something that I don't know. Right, But yeah, we say learning for that and failure for this. And failure has such negative emotions connected with it. But when you say learn, it's perfectly natural that you're going to fail a few times. Right. Well, Mihai, you know, I I really
0: appreciate having you on here today. You know, it's been a great lesson, you know, hearing your story. I didn't think it would be as impactful. I knew it would be sort of impactful, but this has really had an impact on me. I, I could sort of feel it emotionally which is great. And so again, I know you're a failure coach and some of our listeners here are either new or thinking about being entrepreneurs or just interested in hearing about this stuff. And I think the entrepreneurship lesson applies to all aspects of your life, not just doing a business. So as a failure coach, tell me how I
1: can learn more about you. Well, I think if you go to Google and you type fail coach, and maybe if you just add Mika to it, but I think even without that, you will be bombarded with all the social media networks where I'm present, my website, which is www.fail.coach. Very simple. They can Shoot me an email. They can, you know, just find me on LinkedIn. Find me on Facebook. It's always Miha Matliewski Fail Coach. But I think if they Google Fail Coach, that will be perfectly fine, and they will be able to find me on whatever network they prefer.
0: Honestly, I just googled Fail Coach, and the first six links are all you. So yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: so I d- I did good SEO on Fail Coach, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you definitely
0: own Fail Coach, so that's awesome. So yeah, Mihai, it was fantastic having you on. And thanks a lot for anyone looking to check this guy out, the real deal.
1: And hope you have a good rest of the week. Thank you, Donald. I honestly really appreciate you having me on your podcast. I love spreading my message i love telling my story not because i love it so much but because i know that when people hear it they can connect with it and you know i honestly every time just hope that maybe i can help transform at least one life by saying it so uh, thanks for this opportunity i truly appreciate it and i'm looking really forward how your podcast will develop because yeah people need to talk about failure now more
0: than ever Yeah, it's it's incredibly important. So, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on and uh, have a good one. Thank you. Take care. Bye.